you excited about Six Nations starting this weekend? Not really. Um, <laughs> um, I am really excited about the Six Nations starting this weekend. I want to I play a bit of a game this morning. I hope we don't break anything. Um, Hannah, can you come and help me for a second? Just stand here. Where's Pete Spence? Where, Peter, where are you? Come on up here a second, Peter. Um, let's give Peter and Hannah a hand. <laughs> I think we need to increase the caffeine content in our coffee or something. You all seem a little bit half asleep. So basically what we're going to do this morning is we're going to have a rugby passing competition, okay? So Hannah, you're going to go first, right? So the, the plan is that you're to pass it to me, right? And it's get from you to me as quick as it possibly can, okay? Right? Now try not to break any expensive stuff over here, right? <laughs> Hannah's fiancé thinks this is great crack. Right, so the ball has to get to me as quick as it possibly can, Okay. Now, don't, don't hit anything up here, right? And don't hit any of these beautiful people. Right, ready? Go. Oh, that was pretty good, eh? That was pretty good. Right, Pete, your turn. You need to do better, Hannah. Let's try again. Right, wait, stay there, stay there, stay there. I'm going to go a little bit further. Right, let's not hit children, okay? Let me stand this way so that we don't hit any kids. Come on, as hard as you can. Hey, that's pretty good. Right, Pete? Don't hit the babies. Oh, here. Hit me, right? <laughs> right, I'm going further now. No, wait, 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 wait. No, wait. Watch your head, Vicky, right? Right, come on. Here, here's your target, right? Come on. No, don't hit the kids, right? Charlotte, just be careful. Get ready, get ready. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Look at that. Look at that, right? Give, hold on a second. Where's the microphone? I need a microphone. Do we have a handheld somewhere? Did Laura steal it? Here we go. Come over here. Hannah, come up here. Pete, come up here. Hannah, how many times have you passed a rugby ball before in your life? Well, hold on a second. By way of clap, we have to figure out who won, okay? Right? And don't be kind, okay? She's a big girl. Right? <laughs> So if you think Hannah won that rugby passing competition, clap your hands. <laughs> oh, I'm ashamed, James. I like that. I respect that. Um, if you think Pete won, clap your hands. So tell us, is this on Mike? Yeah. Hannah, tell us how many times you've passed a rugby ball before in your life. Four? Four times. Before probably, this morning? That was three there, and then probably once before. But, wow, that's, that's pretty good, eh? Pete, how many times have you passed a rugby ball in your whole life? Thousands, probably. Like, more than, probably about, more than five? Probably, yeah. More than ten? Probably, yeah. At least, probably, yeah, yeah. Ten thousand times? Fifteen-year career, pretty, yeah, regularly, so. But, but when did you start playing? Uh, about seven, six, seven. So you stopped playing when you were 22? No, maybe <laughs> 32. Okay, so, right, brilliant. So thousands of times. Thousands, yeah. yeah. Right, Pete wins. Give, give them both a, a round of applause. Thank you. You're, thank you. Here's what I want you to understand this morning, right? Um, so that was completely unfair, and you all got that pretty quickly. That I, I asked Hannah before we started, I said, how many times have you passed a rugby, rugby ball before? And she said, never. I said, perfect. You're, you're exactly what I need. In fact, turned out you were much better than I thought. I was kind of hoping that you'd hit the ceiling or something like that. Um, Josh, can we, I think, I hope it's the first slide. Can we get the first slide up there? Here's what you need to understand. There is no formation without repetition. 
To get good at absolutely anything in the world, we need to repeat it. I'm spending most of my evenings at the minute making these kinds of sounds. That's why they can't speak. I don't know what ta is. That should have been ta. I'm trying to teach my boys how to read. And I mean, it is the most monotonous thing ever. But you know, actually, there's signs of progress. There is absolutely no formation without repetition. Pete has passed a rugby ball thousands of times before, literally thousands of times. And the, let's be honest, the last one was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Like, it was, pr it was pretty impressive. Hannah, I actually have to say I was pretty impressed. I was expecting that to hit the roof or something. But the more we, the more we engage in something, the better we become at it. This is really, really basic, okay? But here at Lagan Valley Vineyard, we have, uh, we have a vision for this year that all of us, it's the same vision secret that we have every single year, um, that all of us would become more like Jesus. That's really what this is all about. We say this all the time in here, that we don't have a vision for a church, we have a dream for our city, that the life of Jesus would come to every single person and every single part of this city and the surrounding area, that the kingdom of God would literally come to Lisburn, this region, and the world. And how that works is as we become more like Jesus, we are able to live into demonstrating his kingdom for the people, the places, the parts of our community and our city that we live in every single day. We long every single week, every single month, every single year to become more like Jesus. That is what this whole thing is about. Question, how are you doing? How are you doing? Do you feel this week you were more like Jesus than last week? Confession, we had a conversation in the drive down here. Dana went to the States on Friday, so I'm uh, solo for a couple of weeks. And <laughs> driving to church, I felt like I can't get up here and preach without having these conversations with the kids. Stopped in the car out there, turned around and went, right team, this morning really didn't go well. Let's try better when we get home. They're like, okay, Dad. <laughs> All of us, that's not they didn't go, none of it went well, okay? Um, and I, I don't find myself this morning feeling like today, the last 24 hours, I've been more like Jesus than I potentially was last week when Dana was kind of here, right? This year, are you finding yourself becoming more like Jesus? That is the crux of what all of this is all about. Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7 says this, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. We're finishing this morning this conversation we've been having for the last four weeks on rooted. What does it mean for us to be rooted in Jesus? and to be learning from him together, daily, weekly, monthly, how to become more like him in our lives. That's the whole, that is the whole point. And there is no formation without repetition. If we wanna learn how to become more like Jesus, we need to learn some patterns, some rhythms, some habits that we can repeat, invite God to join us in that will form us into Christ-likeness. And we've been talking about these four rhythms of the cave, the road, the table, and this morning I want to talk about the fire. The cave, the road, the table, and the fire. You see, the things that we repeat form us. The things that we repeat in our lives, they form us. They form our worldview. They form our expectations. 
They form how we approach different situations and scenarios. Most of us are used to brushing our teeth in the morning. And if you've ever had a morning, it does happen to me, not this morning, but it does happen from time to time where things go crazy and I get to the office and think, flip, I haven't brushed my teeth today. And I almost am inclined to walk home and brush my teeth. Usually I just go to the shop and buy some chewing gum. But whenever I miss it, I'm so used to that rhythm of brushing my teeth in the morning. If I miss it, it feels weird or awkward. Some of you could really do with that in your life. They're like, is he insulting us or joking? I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Here at the Vineyard, we are intentionally apprenticing ourselves to Jesus, learning from him how to be like him. Because transforming people transform cities. As we become more like Jesus, we are more able to join him in what he's doing all around us. So I want to ask you a question as we kind of begin this this morning. What patterns, habits, or practices do you repeat in your life? It could be as simple as brushing your teeth to as um, maybe slightly dysfunctional as dwelling on a fence. I don't know about you, but I can find myself sometimes there. When I get offended, I can, it's, rather than just kind of, you know, sticking that somewhere else, it can kind of kick around in my head for, for a little while. Maybe you're thinking, Andy, I'm not sure what some of the patterns of my life are. If you're married, just ask your spouse. They'll tell you quick. (laughs) That was a joke too. Tough crowd this morning. I want to ask some questions as we kind of dig into this a little bit deeper this morning. Josh, can we get that other slide up with the questions? It might be helpful for you to write these down, for you to reflect on this week. Um, Have a conversation with a friend or a spouse What drives your emotions? What or who is your heart centered on? What do you dwell on? What do you long for? Where do those longings come from? How do you define pleasure? What do you desire? Are those desires good for you? Are those desires good for our city? and the world. What are you prepared to suffer for? Some of you are thinking, jeepers, this is intense. (laughs) These are such helpful questions for us to reflect on what really is going on in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. And these questions will expose how we have been formed and they point to the answer of another and potentially more important question. Josh, fire the next one up there. What story are you living in? What story are you living in? I wonder how many of us live in a story or a narrative that is dominated by fear. The world is scary and it's unpredictable. And I will deal with my fears by seeking as much control of myself, my circumstances, and even the people around me to alleviate those fears. Maybe some of you live in a story of being unappreciated. No one sees all of the hard work you do for everyone else. Nobody really appreciates you. 
Maybe you're living in the success story. And you feel like if you're successful, then you deserve the love and approval of others. But if you're not, then you're not. And it produces a drivenness in you that doesn't let you to sit still. Everything under the surface is going a million miles an hour all of the time because you have to be successful because only when you're successful can you be loved. In reality, most of us have elements of all of those stories and so many more that I haven't explained or that we don't have time to go into this morning. But the really important question for us is what story are you living in? What story do you tell yourself? You look at the world, and you look at Northern Ireland, and you look at what's going on all around us. What story do you tell yourself? Where did that story come from? There is an alternative story and one that doesn't begin with you. It starts with a very real and very alive and very loving God, and he created us with inherent dignity and value and worth. He put his very fingerprints on our souls, every single one of us created in the image of God, but something goes wrong. The wheels come off in spectacular fashion, and we rebel from what we were created for. See, we were created to live selfless lives, We were created to love and to sacrifice and to give. But that's been corrupted and most of us get caught in this box or prison of selfishness. The absolute antithesis of what we were created for and selfishness drives us to hold on to things, to manipulate and control to do things that are damaging to us and to others. But there's a reason why when we give, when we finally get into a moment or a situation where we we behave in a way that is radical or selfless or even just a little bit generous, you know what happens? Something in us goes, oh, that feels good. Why? Because we were designed for that. That's God's fingerprint on your soul. The most selfless being in the entire universe is God himself. And when we behave that way, we are like him. And of course, Jesus is the ultimate incarnation of selflessness. God's not prepared to leave things broken and he chooses himself. He steps into human history and he becomes selflessness incarnate, takes on all of the evil ugliness and despair and makes a better way, a way of hope and a way of life. The story of God is an immersive story of God through people relentlessly releasing hope and life to a hurting and desperate world. That is the God story. That with Jesus, we join him in relentlessly releasing hope and life to all the people and parts of the world that surround us on a daily basis. But listen, we cannot release what we do not have. We cannot release what we do not have. If we are serious about learning how to become the kind of people who release hope and life, we need to be formed into the hope and life of Christ himself. And remember, there's no formation without repetition. We need to be formed into this life. And this month, we have highlighted four simple, repeatable rhythms 
to help us learn to live in and out this God story. The cave, the secret place, the quiet place, the intimate place, the place with just you and God. The space where we listen, we worship, we read and reflect on scripture and we pray. For most of us, it's early in the morning, but it doesn't have to be. But this repeated rhythm of every day engaging with God, without any music, without any others, just us and him saying, come. We want to meet you. We want to hear from you. We want to engage with you, the cave. The second, the road, the space in the middle of our day where we intentionally allow God to interrupt us and remind us of the part we're playing and what he is doing. If you're using the Rooted app, I love that. A little alarm goes off. I said it every day. A little alarm goes off at 12 or half 12 or whatever it is. I pray through the Lord's Prayer and I remember the things that he's invited me into to help demonstrate his hope and his life to our city and to the world the road. Third, the table, the relational space where we share life together and with each other. We listen to what God is saying and doing with each other and we cheer each other on. This one is pretty messy for us, I have to be honest. Most evenings, about a quarter past five, dinner happens, and Dana or I try to ask the kids, what do we feel like God was saying to us today? Anybody hear Jesus say anything today? The answers are quite remarkable. Jesus told me about rainbows and unicorns today, Dad. It's brilliant, great. Did he tell you anything about not hitting anyone else? No? <laughs> Come on, Lord, help. <laughs> it's pretty messy for us, but I actually love it. I love that we have this repeatable rhythm in our family where every single day we ask each other, what's God doing? What's God saying? What's been happening? How did it go today? And finally, the fire, and this is the lordship space. This is where we ask the question at the end of our day, who was in charge today? And since Christmas and we started doing this app, I have to tell you guys, this has been unbelievable for Dana and I. At the end of our day, the very last thing we do, who was in charge today and how did that go? And then there's three questions that we've been asking each other. What needs forgiving? What needs developing? What needs celebrating? And then we pray. And it's a repeatable rhythm where we come and we say, God, who was in charge today? Who was in charge of our lives today? Would you come and show us the places and spaces where where we took control more than we should have? Would you show us the places and spaces where we did things that need forgiven? Would you show us the people that we need to forgive? Would you highlight the things that you want to shape us in and grow us in? And I love this. What do we need to celebrate before we go to sleep? What do we need to say thank you to each other or to God for? Listen again to Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. That word, I think, for lots of us has lost some of its potency. For any of you who've been around church for any length of time, 
referring to Jesus as Lord is just kind of what you do. It's like whatever your favorite coffee is whenever you go into a coffee shop. Sometimes it just kind of, it just flows out of you without even thinking. But that word is really significant. And it's fundamental to understanding how we're formed in the way of the king. The word Lord means one who has authority or power over another. One who has authority or power over another. If we're going to take this calling seriously to be formed into the way of the king, first and foremost, we need to submit to him. We need to surrender to him. And the fire is the daily rhythm of submitting our lives to King Jesus, learning to allow him to be in charge and learning to walk in obedience to him. Any of you got a new phone contract since 2018 started? We've at me, Alana, Audrey, a few of you. I'm doing a new phone in the summer. I've promised Dana she's gonna get it because she's broken her screen, which I'm very sad about, but anyway. There's this thing that happens when you get a new phone contract uh, where you get through all of the bits and pieces. You decide what phone you want. You decide what kind of plan you're going to get and all this kind of thing. And then before you finish, you get this question. Do you want any bolt-ons? Are you familiar with that? You can get a bolt-on of more data. You can get a bolt-on of more text messages. You can get a bolt-on of more minutes. These, these are like added extras. And guys, if I'm really honest, I think one of the things we have to be really careful about when it comes to how we follow Jesus and how we do this thing called discipleship is we have to be really careful that we don't treat Jesus like a bolt-on, that we don't treat church like a bolt-on, that like our worship or a reading of scripture or attempt at praying, it becomes like this added thing to just help us get through the week and it doesn't work. And it leaves us frustrated and disappointed. Jesus and discipleship and the kingdom, it only works when he's the operating system. It only works when at the fundamental core we understand that the gospel is not about us praying a prayer of Jesus come into my heart so that I don't go on fire when I die. It's a perversion of the gospel. The gospel is come and realize and recognize that Jesus Christ is king over everything. especially your life. That Jesus Christ rules and reigns. And he doesn't rule and reign through church attendance. And he doesn't rule and reign through some pious attempt at being better. He rules and reigns through us coming and saying, be king. Be king over it all. And the fire is that moment at the end of our day where we say, were you king today? And where he wasn't, we repent. I think repentance is kind of a bad word in our culture. We can think of it like this kind of very heavy, very religious kind of, we repent when we feel terrible, right? But when you actually begin a friendship with Jesus, you realize that repentance is the best thing in the world. 
On the other side of repentance is freedom and forgiveness and life and hope and all that kind of stuff. And listen, there is no condemnation in Jesus. He doesn't come at us angry where we've let him down. He comes at us sad where our choices are damaging us and others. And we learn to see repentance as a doorway into freedom. What if we were formed in the way of Jesus, learning to live his life all around us, learning to think his thoughts and do his deeds, learning to demonstrate the reality that he is king every single day. There is no formation without repetition. We need to learn how to engage in these rhythms of formation, the cave, the table, the road, the fire. Things that will steer us towards Jesus, towards the world. But we begin with repentance and that ends with repentance. Just before we finish this morning, I, I want you to know that all of us have idols that creep into our lives. A famous philosopher once said that all of us worship. All of us worship. The question is who or what? All of us worship. Question is who or what? And here's what you need to understand about idols is idols can't keep the promises that they make. They ultimately leave us disappointed. Money cannot keep the promise of security. Sure, it can deal with material security and all that kind of stuff, but how many rich people do you know that feel deeply, deeply insecure, terrified? needing more money to try to alleviate that sense of insecurity. Success cannot keep the promise of significance. How many deeply successful people do you know that struggle with, does my life even really matter? The approval of others cannot keep the promise that when it comes you will feel loved. How many people do you have in your family that are deeply loved, but somehow just don't seem to feel it? These idols, they cannot keep the promises that they make, but there is one who can. There is one who can. King Jesus, the only one who will keep every single promise he has ever made. What story are you living in? What story are you telling yourself? I wonder, do you want to be free? Why don't you stand? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come.
built on or operating system. I wonder this morning how many of us need to repent for treating Jesus like a bolt on. I want to invite us just as we close this morning and I want you to come to the front just where we are if you're able and you want to say Lord I have been treating you like a bolt on and I want you to rule. I want you to be king. I want to just invite you to just kneel wherever you are. If you're not able to kneel, then just place a hand over your heart. There may not be enough room. You might need to push a seat forward. Don't be worried. If you start to feel something in your calves, it's just a chair behind you. Um, James is going to sing through this song again. And as you reflect on that, if you're thinking, yeah, <laughs> this week, this month, this year, my life, <laughs> Jesus has been a bolt on. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus before. And this morning, you know that you need that and you want that. I want to encourage you, just as James sings, to just kneel wherever you are. Meet with him. Lord, thanks that you're good and that you love us. And we come now, repenting of where we have taken charge over things that really should be your job. Come and set us free. In Jesus' name we pray.